This is Teresa from Santosha Yoga. I'm Cindy Chase. And I'm Penny Carroll. Welcome, Welcome to, to Mindful, Mindful Moments. Moments. So Teresa, a lot of times I get new students that come in and if they're, um, and I point out the slow classes, you know, our restorative, our yin, the nidra classes when they show up, um, they'll ask, are, are those for older students? Or even when you point out the chair yoga mm -hmm. class, if, mm -hmm. it's a, if it's a young and spry person and you're pointing out chair yoga, they'll ask, well, isn't that just for seniors? Mm -hmm. Funny you should ask that, Penny. <laughs> I, I regularly get asked if we have senior yoga classes and we intentionally don't categorize our classes by age. We don't have a senior class because I feel that we should not put ourselves or put other people in boxes or label them whether what their age is or what their capability is mm -hmm. um, because Technically, I'm 65, so I should be teaching senior classes. I should not be teaching vinyasa classes. Mm. So I am a true believer that yoga, you know, you can be 30 years old and you can be recovering from some type of injury or surgery and you can go to the chair yoga class. Mm -hmm. You can be as fit as a fiddle and be able to run, you know, the Boston Marathon and say, you know what, I need a little yin, I need a little restorative. Um, so I think what people need to do, I think people need to research and read a little bit more what our class descriptions are about, because again, not all yoga is created equal. Right. And unfortunately, we get a lot of people here, and I find it from doctors, MDs and DOs who mean well, I love it when a student comes in and say, my doctor suggested I come and do yoga. Mm -hmm. And they're the students showing up for the hot yoga class, <laughs> and I don't. I think people need to realize. And again, I love the medical community. Thank you for the referrals, but you need to educate yourselves that there's so many different levels of yoga, and it's not according to your age. Mm -hmm. It's according to your need, your desire for your body, and and what you're able to do that day. Yeah, it can all be therapeutic, but. It doesn't, one size doesn't fit all. I no. Mean, or one body can't do all. I mean, no. Right. It, you might be presenting with a certain certain set of physical issues, and yes, hot yoga won't, won't mm -mm. work. Right. And if you think all you're going to see in the chair yoga class is a bunch of blue hairs, that's not the case. No. No, and chair yoga is quite the workout. I yes. Mean, you know, we, there's... It's just as strengthening, you know, as, as strong as a traditional class, just in a different, you know, you're just in a different plane, basically, you know, sitting down as opposed to laying down. Well, you have that, you have that with the chair, you have that security mm -hmm. that you can sit down or stand up if, mm -hmm. or hold on to the chair if you're standing, if mm -hmm. need be, which is, you know, for a lot of the community, that's a great, a, a chair is a prop. It's no different than right. a blanket, Absolutely. no right. different than a block. So, but but I've, I've sub, we have uh, Amanda, um, here teaches our chair yoga class. She is chair yoga teacher extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. And I have subbed for her. I love subbing for her. And at the end of the class, I'm huffing and puffing and sweating. 
and so are the students. In fact, mm-hmm. one class I was teaching, it's like, oh my God, the looks on their faces, like, am I, are they mad at me? Or <laughs> I know I'm not, I know I'm not a man. And they just said, wow, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. But again, they had the security of the chair. Yeah. And if you're, like you said, if you're recovering from an injury, yep. you know, or, or an illness, I mean, it doesn't have to be a physical, you know, something, you know, a broken nerve strain or sprain or something like that. But if you're recovering from an illness, chair's a nice way to get yourself back into mm-hmm. it because you do have the security of the chair mm-hmm. and you are still moving, making those movements, making the postures, but, you know, you're sitting down and maybe you don't have, haven't built your stamina back up. Correct. So bottom line is, <laughs> no, we don't have quote unquote senior classes. We have levels of classes for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, ask questions. Yeah. You know, ask oh, questions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So in talking about um, all of our different kinds of classes, maybe we could talk a little bit about our slow and low classes is kind of what we talked. Yeah. Um, thought we talked about today. But we hadn't include chair on there. But So maybe we can just kind of describe a chair yoga class. Uh, I would love to. Um, chair yoga, again, the poses are done either sitting in the chair or standing behind the chair, using the chair for support. Um, we can do sun salutations. You start in the chair and you inhale and you stand up, stretch. You exhale, sit down in the chair again. Maybe take your forward fold between the knees and then, you know, that could be some type of a modified sun salutation. Um, one of my favorite ones is down dog using the chair. So you can either stand at the back of the chair or you can um, stand in front holding the sides of the chair. You walk your feet back and you relax your head between your arms. Boom, you've got down dog pose. you got that beautiful lengthening of the yes. spine and yet you yeah. don't have to be tipped upside down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's really not necessarily um, a regression from regular down dog Mm-mm. because you might get more lengthening mm-hmm. from the arms yeah. and the legs both. Right. Without the hamstring equation. Yeah. And then with the standing poses like warrior one, warrior two. I mean, we in chair yoga, we, t- we do warrior three pose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, holding on to the back of the chair, you know, having that support, extending the leg back a little or a lot to lift it up um, for that balancing pose. Mm-hmm. Um, we stand next to the chair. We could do tree pose standing next to the chair. We do leg lifts, sitting down in the chair. Um, child's pose. Child's pose in the chair is where you're just kind of folding your arms, making a pillow with your arms, and you relax your arms either on your lap or a pillow or, or a block. So mm-hmm. you can take all those poses and incorporate them into a class. Yeah. And that's something fun that you can do in your office too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I usually go to yoga class and you know what feels really good in my body as a warrior too. How can I do this in my mm-hmm. my office chair <laughs> so that I get that you know stretch in my back or my mm-hmm. inner thigh? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice little. That's actually that. That's a good suggestion. Is to you know, have people try a chair yoga class. Mm-hmm. You know. I, and I've you know I've seen younger people try it, and mm-hmm. they've all most of them have said, "Oh my gosh, that was mm-hmm. harder than I thought." You know, it ain't your grandma's chair yoga. <laughs> <laughs> these these people in the chair yoga class, they work hard. Mm-hmm. They work hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there we have you know older like you said about not putting people in a box, but we have older people that love hot yoga. You know, the hot vinyasa, 95 degrees, moving, moving, moving. And we have younger people who prefer the yins and the restoratives in the chair. And it just depends, like Penny said, what you need. What do you need, you know, right now? What do you need? There's sometimes in our lives where, you know, we're very active and we have a lot of things going on and we need a little bit slower mm-hmm. pace. And there are some times when we need to, um, you know, step it up a little bit. 
I'll have people, again, you know, I've been doing yoga for 20 years, and I've, I'll have people say to me, oh, you know, you're in the basic class? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, I can still get a, a healthy workout mm-hmm. if I'm using my muscles, if I'm, if I'm engaging the muscles, if I'm using my ujjayi breath, if I'm being mindful. I can get a nice, strong practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in Penny's class, basic <laughs> classes. It's, you can, yes, yeah. you. <laughs> you can get a sweat on. You can get a sweat on in there. In a yeah. safe, healthy way. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So why might um, somebody want to take a slower class, like those yins and restoratives? Um, well, to restore. You know, I mean, we, we live in such a, a young state most of the time, young meaning more active, more you know, physical, more intense. And you know, so we need to slow it down. We need to allow some space. We need to um, relax our mind. I'm looking at this painting. We're sitting in the, one of the massage rooms, and I'm looking at this painting that says relax. And we need to bring it down a notch or two. You know, we really do need to bring it down a notch or two. And it's a nice compliment to the lower and slower classes are a nice compliment to any other physical practice you might have, be it exercise or mm-hmm. more of a young yoga, if you're a bicycle, you know, bicycle person or a gym person, anything like that. I have a couple of statistics on um, a 2014 report by the National Sleep Foundation says that 24%, so almost a quarter of women said that they had woken up feeling well rested for zero of the past seven days so <laughs> a quarter of women are walking around um like zombies so rest is important mm-hmm. and of course we you know women have more insomnia and higher depression levels than men mm-hmm. and that the number of women 20 to 44 years of age taking meds for adhd mm-hmm. increased 264 oh percent between gosh. 2001 and 2010 oh yeah, so we're stressed, we're out of rhythm, yeah. and we're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're tired. I think so many people in society are tired. I mean, when I talk to my friends, you know, my female friends, my male friends, you know, the first thing I'm like, how are you? They go, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, why? You know, but, you know, everybody's running, you know, with families and jobs and, you know, trying to get all the things done that we need to do. They're not taking any time to settle down, you know, and they collapse into bed at night. You know, and then once your body's physically depleted, then your brain just kicks in and you can't. Yeah, they're taking the time even, they might even be taking the time and including it in their to-do list to do the self-care. Right. I'm giving myself the facial, I'm going to have my nails done, and I'm Mm -hmm. getting some exercise, but what they're not doing is resting their mind. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, because we just, you know, we, we just feel like if our mind is resting, then we're wasting time. You know, it's such a terrible such a terrible thing that we've become accustomed to in this society. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. So imagine that you put yourself in warrior one or warrior two or warrior three, that balancing pose, and imagine you put yourself in this pose Mm -hmm. and you stayed there for eight to 10 hours during the day. (laughs) That's what we're doing to ourselves. And as Cindy said earlier, we live in a very young or yang society. Mm -hmm. We're always in that we're always on, we're always in that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And that's, th- again, think of yourself in these standing poses. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, warrior two, after about five breaths, my arms are good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to put my arms mm-hmm. down. But no, we're in that constant fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And then people come to, they come to a, a strong, dynamic class, but they're never giving themselves that gift mm-hmm. of slowing the body, which in turn, Hopefully, we'll slow the mind. They yeah. say that um, I wrote the I wrote the quote down. The breath is an important component. Oh, no, that's not it. Where is it? 
right. If you control the breath, you control the mind, and if you control the mind, you control the breath. And yeah. you know, we don't we breathe so short, so shallow, so fast all the time. And when we do come to a slower class, a, <clears throat> a yin class, restorative class, maybe a yoga nidra, we're just it's a gift of time and breath, a mind, a mind rest, a mind rest. Yeah, the slower practices really help us learn how to respond to the stress level, mm -hmm. the stress levels that we are accustomed to mm -hmm. in a better way. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy how we've become so comfortable with being stressed out all the time? Oh, it's the new norm. It's, Ugh. Yeah. And that's why people are have a hard time when they come to a slow. And I always call a yen class and a restorative class a very advanced class. because. Yeah. Dude, your mind has time <laughs> to fly. Yes, it does. And that's why it's a practice, and it makes it it's so much better when you come back over and over again for those yeah. sorts of practices. Yeah. yeah, Bernie Clark says in a, in a yin class, a restorative, um, it may be a simple class because you're not moving around a mm -hmm. lot. There's not a lot, but it's not easy. Exactly. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. One of the hardest classes, the I should, one of the most challenging classes I've ever been in was a yoga nidra class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because yoga nidra is, and we're going to talk about it, but mm -hmm. yoga nidra is like shavasana. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, get me out of here. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten better. You've gotten better. So, I've seen you in a yoga nidra class or two. You've I, gotten I, better. I've gotten better. <laughs> gotten um, better. So let's talk about that. What's, you know, we've got, um, we talked about share, mm -hmm. and then we've got yin, mm -hmm. restorative, and yoga nidra that we're going to talk about. So, mm -hmm. I, hey, what's the difference between them, guys? Yin, okay, so yin, the yin practice um, is, it's a yielding, allow, you know, it's an allowing class that's nourishing, and I'm just looking at, I was looking at my Bernie Clark book today. Um, but for yin, what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve our range of motion and flexibility, more mobility. So we're holding our poses for about anywhere from, well, five to 20 minutes, depending on whose who's class you're in, you know. Um, and it's more about the fascia, the connective tissue that wraps around our whole body and um, it wraps around everything that we have. And what fascia or connective tissue is, is it's that more plastic inconsistency that wraps around everything. And what happens is it gets very dehydrated and depleted. Muscles respond really well to that fast, faster movement, that fast twitch um, type of behavior. Whereas if you tried to do the same with the connective tissue, it wouldn't respond as well. So we need to hold the poses. And what happens is when we hold our poses, say for in a forward fold, um, barring any you know lower back issues they're not the best you know for that but we're allowing our our connective tissue to elongate and we're even though we are creating stress on it it's not a bad stress you know stress is supposedly a, it's a bad word they say stress and it's a bad word it's not a bad word we're allowing the connective tissue to lengthen and rehydrate so that when we come out of the poses we're going to have more flexibility and mobility in our joints in our ligaments and things like that. So that's low and slow. That's why I like to say about yin, it's low and slow. And again, it's not easy, you know, again, holding the, the poses for a longer period of time allows your mind the time to settle down. You can find some breath and then we find some stillness. So, you know, the fascia that covers up, and again, I'm going with Bernie Clark because he's got one of the best, the best books on yin. Um, it's the sheet that binds the muscles together while ensuring proper alignment of the muscle fibers, blood vessels flowing through the muscles, nerves, and other components. 
It lubricates the various surface, sur surfaces that need to move or slide along each other. So if you think about moving your muscles, they're sliding against each other. And if the fascia becomes dehydrated, which it really does quite often, quite easily, mm -hmm. it's going to start to get sticky and it creates adhesions or fuzz, as they call it in yin. And the, the slower holds, the longer holds help to moisturize, I guess, for a good word, or rehydrate. And then um, everything moves a little bit better. It's, what does it say? It hold, basically what the fascia does, it holds all of us together. And he had a really nice um, visual. If you think of the fascia holding everything together, if you took the fascia away, we would just be a heap. We would be like a skeleton mm -hmm. that's just like a like a you know anatomy skeleton just laying on the on the floor. We wouldn't have any um, what's the word I'm looking for? No shape. To no you. shape to us. Yeah, thanks. It kind of creates our shape. Um, so you know. It challenges everybody. I mean, we've all taken yin classes, and, you know, to be in a pigeon pose, you know, for five minutes or eight minutes, it's, it's pretty intense. Right. Mm -hmm. Very intense. So, Cindy, with the yin practice and holding the poses for a longer period of time, mm -hmm. you're actually coming to an edge and you're feeling a little heat and some yes. what we would call stretch. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. I'm, this, if I can interrupt, mm -hmm. this is my, my transcript from the, the Yoga Land um, podcast that Bernie Clark did with Jason. Okay. And he says, in yin yoga, you want to feel the discomfort, not pain, mm -hmm. but you want to put a positive stress in the tissues. Different than restorative yoga, where they want to take the load off the tissues. Right. right. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. 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 We want we want to get into a pose in a yin class. I'm going to make sure that we do that. In a yin class, you want to come into the pose and feel it. You know, we still use props, we use blankets, blocks, bolsters, but we want to feel that edge, we want to feel the engagement of the fascia, the, the, the tissue, you know, the things like, you know, the muscles, the ligaments, we want to feel it. It's comfortably uncomfortable. Yes. Awkward. Where restorative is the ultimate in the parigraha. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're not reaching, we're not grasping, right. we're not trying to do anything we're just being and just allowing our bodies the space to mm -hmm. i always say puddle mm -hmm. i like that. oh that's good and that's it gives good. us that time to really just to look inward and discover how we're feeling mm -hmm. when we're in this shape if i'm twisted like this where is the comfort is there any discomfort and moving out of that so it's receptive, not mm -hmm. active. Right. And yin is more active, even yeah. though it's just as slow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is more active because we are, you know, we do put effort into, you know, maintaining the pose in the proper alignment, which is really important in yin. We, we want to make sure, which is, again, why we use the props. We want to make sure that we are aligned properly so we're getting the most benefit from the particular poses that we, that we move into. Would you say that restorative the props do a lot of the work in restorative? Yes, the props are supporting you. Right. So the floor is a prop, right. the wall is a prop, the chair is a prop, the bolsters, bolsters the blocks, the straps. So that you're let, we're letting, in the restorative, we're letting the props do the work. We're letting the body just relax and open. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas yin, you're still doing that somewhat mm -hmm. active. Yeah. 
Okay. It's an actively passive practice. Because in yin, there's three, there's three principles of yin. Yeah. The first one is to first come into the pose with the body that you have today. You know, and it's going to be different every single time. Um, and I really try to encourage people to pay attention in just their first pose of the practice. What are, how are you feeling today? You know, where are you at? Are you agitated? Did you have a rough week? Did you, you know, are you stressed out at home, at work? You know, whatever's going on physically, maybe you're not feeling well. Um, the second one is um, find some stillness. So when you take the time, and again, I encourage people to take the first, you know, two minutes of getting into the pose to take the time to get yourself ready and then find your stillness, which is the hard part of the pose because, you know, your mind, your mind's going to immediately start, you know, clipping along going, oh, I should be doing this, I should be mm -hmm. doing that. So you have to bring yourself back. And then holding the pose, you know, for, again, anywhere between, you know, four to Four to eight minutes. I usually hold, have you hold the pose for about five minutes each. You sure it's not an hour and a half? <laughs> Sometimes. Some of those poses feel like a lot poses, longer. Some of those poses, you're like, I've been in this dragon pose for three days. I think they've walked out and, you know, gone to dinner or something. But, yeah. So those are the basically the three principles for our yin classes. And restorative came about um, when BKS Iyengar, when mm -hmm. he was a young teenager, mm -hmm. he was uh, very sickly. And yoga helped him regain his strength. So... Restorative yoga, as we practice it today, grew out of his therapeutic need to mm -hmm. get healthy again. And then he continued to use it. So a long time ago, yoga used to be competitive and mm -hmm. um, very um, no pain, no gain, mm -hmm. and push you to your limits and all for the sake of the shape. And so he would, he would do these competitions with his family, um, and they'd participate in these all over India, and then he would heal himself through restorative mm -hmm. yoga mm -hmm. and it teaches yogis to kind of push gently mm -hmm. you don't have to you don't have there's no gold stars in yoga <laughs> no, <laughs> not we, anymore there shouldn't be there shouldn't be no there shouldn't be you're absolutely right there shouldn't be there shouldn't be the big thing now with uh, with a lot of the gyms and, and the workout things is that hit high intensity interval training so you speed up, you, you know, you, you, you pedal or you run a thousand miles an hour and then you recover and then you speed up and you recover. We don't recover mm -mm. and we're always in, you know, we're, we're always in hyper gear. We're always in that yang. We're always going a thousand miles a minute mm -hmm. and then we don't do that recovery. Right. And then I read recently that, um, for, uh, that, that hit that high intensity interval training is one of the healthiest ways that you can work out, especially for cardiovascular, mm -hmm. because it does give you that time to recover. Mm -hmm. And yin, restorative yoga nidra, is that recovery time that we're not giving ourselves. Right. And it doesn't mean, and a lot of people, it's like, you know, I, you know, I do hot yoga, you know, I'm not gonna do, it's like, well, you're not balancing out. Balance, you're yeah. not, and it's, you Balance, know, yeah. you, you know, Buddha said, it's all about the middle way, mm -hmm. and we're not finding that middle way in our lives mm -hmm. to, to for our health, for our mental health, for our physical health. We're not finding that middle way. No, we're we're not balancing out. No. Yeah. So the slower practices are very complementary to any oh. any physical Heck heavy yeah. physical practice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Running, swimming. Yep. I, mm -hmm. Weightlifting. I, I think I've CrossFit. mentioned this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I've mentioned this before. I can see someone in down dog. And I can come up to, and they look very fit. 
And I can whisper to them, I go, you're a runner, aren't you? <laughs> and they go, yeah, how can you tell? Well, you can't straighten your legs. Mm-hmm. And because they their muscles are in constant contraction mm-hmm. that they don't know how to relax the muscles to mm-hmm. stress, stretch and stress them in a good way. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, I keep, and I tell them, hey, it's a great, I'm not telling you to stop what you're doing, but you need to. Nice compliment. It's a nice compliment. Yeah. yeah. Nice compliment. Yeah. So I, that, I think that brings us to Yoga Nidra. Well, or the, unless you have something else you want to add. Um, in this, I will. Uh, let me. I want to add this. When I was in fifth grade, I was in. Um, I was in a special program with some students in my school, and we would go once a month um, on these wild field trips that the whole school wasn't allowed to go on them. It was just this small cadre of students at my school and a couple of other schools, and we would. I was rural school, Colorado. And we would go into uh, Denver and do all these really interesting things. And one of the ones that we did, and I'm, I'm not really sure what the topic was, um, but I, uh, we did a guided meditation and we laid down on the floor oh. and the lights were closed. And I remember the raindrop dripping music and uh, the body scanning and the uh, guided meditation. And I just loved it. And I've really been practicing that, you know, not necessarily, that's not necessarily yoga nidra, but mm-hmm. that uh, lying down stillness, um, guided meditation for a long time. So when I got into yoga and found yoga nidra um, through um, just various things, when once you become a teacher, you're always looking for mm-hmm. you know, something new, new workshops to go to or whatever. And I saw this thing called yoga nidra, which started in the 60s with Swami Satyananda. Sachinanda, Sachinanda. <laughs> slow it down. Um, and he researched these tantric exercises, so really ancient exercises called niyasa. And this means um, to take the mind to a point. So during the nisa, I'm sorry, it's N Y S A A, nisa, you bring your attention from one point in the body to another while repeating a mantra over and over. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to bring, he, he loved the practice. But he didn't think the mantra part was going to work out for Western culture. So he started um, Yoga Nidra with bringing the mind to different points in the body, um, just rotating consciousness through the body. And uh, that's what basically what Yoga Nidra is. So mm-hmm. you lie in Shavasana for usually it's about an hour, hour and a half. And the leader is going to, to you know rotate your consciousness through your body. And we go through the layers. So the layers are the koshas. Mm-hmm. And we... Um, want to bring your consciousness through your outer layer, through the five inner layers to your truest self. Mm-hmm. In Yoga Nidra, you're allowed to, um, you, you're actually, we're supposed to set a sankalpa, so we, a true intention at the mm-hmm. beginning. And uh, then you revisit that at the end. So maybe there's something you're working on, like I want to find more kindness in my life, or I want to find, uh, I want to focus on more love in my life, or whatever it is that you might be working on. So you call that out at the beginning of the practice. Consciously, you take the practice and you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself, and then the sankalpa is called out again. You're called to remind yourself of that again when you're at your truest self, and that's where the deep, deep, deep work gets to be done in yoga nidra. Yeah, because yoga nidra means sleep, so yes. yoga nidra is yoga of sleep, mm-hmm. right? So you're guided into a sleep state, but you stay very aware, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, your body gets to sleep, right? Yeah. Your body gets stressed. I love yoga nidra personally. 
Teresa's I'm a work in progress. Yeah, I'm a work okay. in progress. No, it's okay. And you'll go to somebody and you like them and mm. you like them and like them. And you'll go for another one and you're like, oh my gosh, their voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. I can't do it. So well, it just depends on yeah. where you are. Yeah. The but, first time I ever did yoga nidra, I hated it because mm-hmm. I, first of all, was very uncomfortable. The room was cold mm. and I I couldn't, and the voice just did not resonate with my Were brain. Were we in the same class? <laughs> we might have been. Because my first experience was not a good experience. Yeah, it was not a good experience. Yeah. Um, but after that, I mean, I've had several, several classes that I've just enjoyed immensely. And I do feel very relaxed afterward. And it's interesting, um, I, when I was reading this, um, when we practice yin or restorative or nidra, um, you know, when we, we do this, important for people to know that um, your body releases. When you're holding these poses and you're supported or you're in that you know, nidra, shavas, nidra, which is like shavasana, or you're in restorative, you're in yin, um, your body releases because we're there for longer periods of time. And so it, the release can be um, happy or maybe not so happy. I don't want to say good or bad, you know, because it's, that's very subjective. But your body has the opportunity, like the bubbles, like we talked mm-hmm. about when we were talking about um, transcendental meditation, how the, the stresses are being released, right. you know, little bubbles at a time. Laughing or crying, um, you know, you might be a little shaky when you're done with your class. You might feel uneasy, um, lightheaded, a uh, little spacey. I like to say you have a yoga buzz yep. as opposed to spacey, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you do, you have allowed yourself that space, that time, that opening, there may be things that your body has just kind of gone, I don't need this anymore, just it's gone, and it leaves a little space. So you may be feeling a little spacey. We've seen people come out of classes, and, you know, they have that, yeah. like, glazed look on their face. It's like, can you drive home? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I know, you know. Sometimes our muscles might spasm, you know, um, from just relaxing things that we don't relax on a regular basis. And so we want people to be aware of this, um, not to scare them, but just, you know, knowledge is power. You know right. I mean? Sometimes with yoga nidra, people can have a out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Because really, we, we are carling out our body from our toes to our fingernails to our head. Mm-hmm. And then we leave it and we're when we're going deeper or maybe outside the body so mm-hmm. you do have an out you can have that yeah. out of mm-hmm. body experience yeah you can floating around to wherever the witness is yeah right? yeah where, wherever it takes you you know i remember one time um penny and i were discussing the yoga your your no yoga nidra class and it was a full class and you just had you had made the comment well i you know i'm just telling them a bedtime story do you remember that? Maybe, I don't know. And I said, but that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we were tucked in mm-hmm. and told a bedtime story? Right. And we've lost that that sense of relaxation mm-hmm. that it's okay to be tucked in. You know, when was the last time, you know, you know, when we were kids, when we were stressed or upset or crying, our mom or our, our parent or grandparents would hold us and hug us and love us and rock us and tell us a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, that's what yoga nidra does. It's that you may, get, may not get a physical hug, but you get that, especially mm-hmm. if it, like you, you put a blanket over you, right. so you have that weight of a blanket. Mm-hmm. Or you're, maybe have, uh, you're on your back, maybe you have the bolster under the knee to, to help release some tension in the back. And then you go through whatever theme or script or, or what you have for that night, that's their bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with all the slow 
practices, it's kind of like, we, well, actually all the yoga, but especially the, yo, the slow practices where people are invited to come into Santosha, take off this heavy, heavy backpack of straps right. Mm-hmm. Right. and leave it for an hour, an hour and a half and lay on the mats and, mm-hmm. and just be in their body. Yeah. Just relax their mind. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. It is a great opportunity. And, I, and, you know, we encourage people to try it. You know, whenever we're, you know, seeing what's going on around here, we always encourage people, you know, try a restorative yoga class. Try a yin class and see how see how it feels. Try, try it on and see how it feels, you know. You might be surprised. And people are like, oh, I didn't realize. And I know people have left Penny's Yoga Nidra and thought that was amazing Mm -hmm. it's just you know they're just they've had an opportunity like you said to take off that backpack that connectedness that we feel like we have to have every single day of every single moment walk into this nice cool room put a blanket on and just go you know let that sigh out you know we'll just lay it down for a few minutes and most of us, I mean, we, we have to be adults all day long. Yeah. We have to be adults. We have to make decisions. We have to responsibilities and pay bills and work and all that stuff. And when we take those those low and slow classes, mm-hmm. it, give, it gives you permission. It gives me permission to become somewhat childlike again mm-hmm. and just let go. Mm-hmm. Just let go. Mm-hmm. And let my mind wander, let my body wander, and just be. Be forgotten, like you said. Right. And, and those of us that are all so stressed out, all day long we really are in that fight or flight I mean we're no longer fighting the tigers but we are in that fight or flight mm-hmm. um, part of our autonomic nervous system mm-hmm. and we don't get that chance to relax so when we're in that fight or flight it's supposed to cycle all the way around till we hit the cortisol and then the event is over and you can mm-hmm. relax mm-hmm. but people with PTSD and anxiety and all these huge stress levels that never cycles off, no. and they just stay in that, and mm-hmm. they don't know how to trigger that off. And mm-hmm. so exercises uh, like mm-hmm. Yoga Nidra, mm-hmm. practices like restorative yoga and yin yoga can really help them learn to switch that off. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it gives their body a rest, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and you know, we can't live in a constant state of adrenaline, you know. I mean, we, there's so many people now, you know, with adrenal fatigue. And it's just because we, we live in that constant state, you know, but we feel like we need to. We don't, we don't allow ourselves, you know, back in the old days, you know, back, listen to me, back in the old days, <laughs> um, you know, when it got dark, you know, everybody just quieted down, sat by a lamp, read a book, mm-hmm. and went to bed. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't do that now. We have TVs and we have iPads and laptops and phones in our faces, you know, until 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And that stimulates adrenaline it stimulates you know that constant need to be connected we're still we never shut the switch off never shut the switch off never and then we wonder, we wonder why we're sick we, we wonder why we're stressed yeah. why do I get so many colds yep why why, am, why do I have headaches all the time mm-hmm. because you're in that constant switched mm-hmm. on stressed mode yeah yeah and it interferes with like our circadian rhythms mm-hmm. you know what I mean if we're not mm-hmm. you know if we've got that constant light that constant action and that need to answer one more email or text at night, you know, before we go to bed, you know, and then our brain doesn't have the opportunity to quiet, you know, quiet down. Yeah. You need a bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) You need a bedtime story. You need to be tucked in Mm -hmm. and read a bedtime story. Yeah, yeah.
So another slow practice um, or modality that we offer here at Santosha would be Reiki. Teresa, can you explain what Reiki is? Reiki is a modality. It's an energy healing modality. For the most part, it is done hands off. You're just, your hands are kind of hovering over the, the student or the client. Sometimes there's some respectful, gentle placement of the hands. It is believed that we all hold this energy inside of us. Mm -hmm. And you take this Reiki training to learn how to you become a channel of the, they call it universal energy. So you become a channel of this universal energy. My hands are getting hot just talking about it. <laughs> and you, you channel this energy and then through your hands, you hover or respectfully, respectfully place your hands on the person and they can, you can shift their energy, you can balance them out, you can balance the chakras. And again, it's done through the hands and heat is created. And, and anytime I talk about Reiki, my hands get hot <laughs> because it's, it's, it's flip. You have to switch it on. So what we're doing here, we do this a couple times a year. Um, the next time we're going to be do it is on Saturday, December 7th from 6 to 7.30. We're going to do a workshop and it's called um, Release and Restore, I believe. Remove and Release. Remove and Release. Some, some of those are words, it's called. <laughs> Look, check our website. And what we're going to do is we're going to have um, Cindy, myself, and one of our other students who is a Reiki master, Gina. Actually, Gina does the Reiki training here when we have it. We're going to be doing Reiki on the students, and then Cindy's going to be teaching the yin class at mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to be having live music. Ooh, one of our students, Jay uh, Rowe, and three of his buddies, um, Ryan and uh, Wayne, they we've had them here before, mm -hmm. and they're going to come. So, I mean, we all know that music is healing in itself. Mm -hmm. So the combination of yin, you're in these poses. We're going to come around, do a little Reiki energy on you with the vibration of live music. Sounds fantastic. It is. We it's talk beautiful. about people floating when they leave mm -hmm. here. It's a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a donation class oh, too. Okay, so right, and right before the holidays, and that's just what we need. that's it. Mm -hmm. We need to just kind of, you know, unplug and detach and mm -hmm. yeah. rest. rest, rest, rest. So another plug then will just be for the yen classes that we have here mm -hmm. at Santosha. The first and third Fridays of the month, um, 5.45, and then every Wednesday at 8.15 yep. we have yen class as well. Yep. So give it a try. Come on, hang out. And then we have restorative. Mm -hmm. And restorative classes are every second and fourth Friday of the month. And I always remember uh, restorative rhymes with fourative. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's how I know that restorative is on the second and the fourth, 5.45 to 7 o'clock. And occasionally we have the yoga, yoga nidra, nidra when we have the fifth Friday. Mm -hmm. right. So sometimes some months have five Fridays and we'll do the yoga nidra then. Right. But just watch for the bulletins for yeah. that. I think the, the next yoga nidra is, I want to say, January 10th. January no, 30th. January 30th, yeah. my bad. Yeah, so the uh, next Yoga Nidra is January, end of January. Thank you, Miss mm -hmm. Penny. Thank you. But there's just, again, just we just wanted to share with everybody that, um, you know, especially this time of year, it's, you know, it's it's the holidays, it's November, it's cold outside, mm -hmm. and it's just, this is a nice way to balance on, out your lives, balance mm -hmm. out your minds. Give yourself a little rest yeah. and relax as yeah. I keep looking at this word. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you.